Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Njabulu Mashiko from Heineken. Welcome Njabulu. Njabulu, thanks for making the time Thank you. for us to talk today. So for me, it's an opportunity really to get to know you, to, to hear your career story, uh, to talk about some of the highlights. What are the things that really drive you, drive your passion in the people space? Um, and what are your hopes, dreams, and aspirations for the next four or five years as you think about the next transition in your life? So this is the kind of conversation I'd like to have with you. Okay, great. Yes. Um, where did it start? Where did it start? Sure. Yes. So firstly... Being in HR or driving a people agenda, I don't think it was in my initial plans. Mm -hmm. um, I think like a lot of people that I've, at least that I know, uh, I bumped into HR <laughs> or HR bumped into me, I'm not sure. Um, but when I left school, initially I wanted, I was more in the arts, so I wanted to do journalism and mm -hmm. acting uh, my parents, I think like probably a lot of parents that I've heard of were like, what are you going to eat? Are you going to live? You can't be an actress. <laughs> yes. uh, but when I tried journalism, I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, I then switched. So I was at Rhodes University, started with Jern. Uh, I then switched to psychology and linguistics at the time. Uh, did, I think I also did a bit of politics. Mm. But the intention anyway was with psychology, because I didn't enjoy journalism, I would become a clinical psychologist. Mm. Um, and after doing the first two years of psychology, which are more, I would say, generic, yeah. and we then started, started having to think about specializing, I then decided to go in into industrial psychology mm. and forgot everything about clinical yeah. psychology. Um, and that's really how I got into HR. So my first um, entry was through Unilever. Mm. I was on the management trainee program. Uh, in fact, before that, um, they had a what they call a business challenge, mm. um, IBMC, uh, introduction to business man to to business management, mm. um, and I went in, had the opportunity to spend a few days, like some of the other graduates that had been selected, uh, to spend some time with the board of Unilever, wow. and that was quite special mm. um, because you know like these big directors, uh, and we had the opportunity, and based on that, they asked me to join the management trainee program. And that is that was the beginning of my HR career, which was now sixteen, going for seventeen years ago. I think what has been unique or probably special about my career, I started quite young. So uh, when I was in matric, I was fifteen. By the wow. time that I went to Rhodes, I was sixteen and graduated at nineteen. So nineteen, I was the youngest graduate that Unilever had hired at the time. Um, I mean, they made it, they even made a joke of whether my parents should sign my employment <laughs> contract. contract. Yes. And then just as I was thinking about it, they were like, no, we're joking. You've got an ID. You're over 18. It's cool. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but one of the highlights of my young career actually was having my 21st at work. Uh, it was a company event almost because people made such a big deal about it because I was, I'd been there for two years by then. Um, uh, turning 21 and it was a big deal so that was quite special um, Unilever definitely for me stands out in my career because I believe they took the people agenda and the HR function quite seriously mm. I always say by the time I realized in my future experience that people don't always take the people agenda quite seriously or HR people for that matter it was too late because <laughs> Unilever had given me the confidence, Strong they'd given grounding. me the voice yes. they'd given me the grounding, they made me feel and believe Excellent. that I was equal to all my colleagues mm. um, and so 
by the time I discovered that not everybody thinks like that, it was just too late. <laughs> and, and what quality does that fearlessness give you actually as an HR practitioner, as a people practitioner? Yeah, I think uh, I've come to realize people do want and need the voice um, for issues to be raised, um, for recognition, for various things. And for me, that confidence... Um, is really about, yes, you can get the, the seat at the table, but what do you do with it? Mm. Uh, I think it helps to command respect. You gain a lot of credibility when people realize that you speak up. Uh, of course, the content matters. It's not yes. just about speaking up. Uh, but certainly for me, the confidence backed up with the, con the content, uh, I think you build a lot of credibility when you mm. have that voice and you use it appropriately. Mm. Thank you. Mm. So after Unilever... After Unilever, I actually went to SAB and went back to Unilever. Um, so Unilever, I always say sometimes it's maybe that first love, you know. So yes. when I was at SAB, I romanticized Unilever a lot. And I was like, oh, I, that was just so perfect. And when I went back, I just realized, no, actually, I think I've just You'd grown. you grown up. <laughs> I've grown up. And some of the bubbles have just been burst anyway, which happens as part of growing up. Yes. Um, but for me, the first seven years of my career were FMCG, mm. um, so Unilever and SAB. Uh, the next seven years of my career were um, financial services, quite different, um, with the JSC and the Treasury, not mm. in that order. So it was first the Treasury. And that was interesting because uh, I was going through a personal change, actually, in my life, going through a divorce. And I was at, back at Unilever at the head office doing a very nice uh, talent role, talent management for South Africa, reporting into Amit, already getting regional exposure. But because I was going through a divorce and I wanted to come back to Johannesburg, I thought, well, okay, let me look for opportunities. And one of my ex-colleagues from SAB said, um, I'm going to be doing a talent management project with the National Treasury. I said, like, the government? <laughs> she said, yes, that National Treasury. I was like, oh, no, my brand, my life, oh, no. And I think all the negative connotations that I could mm. think of. But I honestly say, maybe until recently, um, that was one of my best career moves. What was the um, gift of that experience? Really, the gift of that experience for me was testing myself um, as an HR professional. Mm. Uh, and why I say that is as much as um, I feel very blessed to have worked for SAB and Unilever, who are very credible in the people and yes. capability space, yes. um, you also found that there were a lot of experts and a lot of things were already conceptualized and packaged and you sometimes got the opportunity to customize a little bit, but for the most part, you were rolling out initiatives yes. that had been thought through by other people. The gift of the National Treasury for myself, I think it was on two levels. As a professional, it was definitely about when you come into an environment and it's pretty much a clean piece of paper, can you put together mm. you know, the HR function? And, that's in, and in this case, a talent management plan, a talent management strategy. Um, how do you... Uh, where do you begin, mm. you know? And that was an interesting process to put together a talent management framework, reflect on the employee experience throughout the employee value life cycle mm. uh, from attraction to the time that you exit people, how you would handle it through the talent lens. Um, I also learned an important lesson about where you gain your credibility and it's with the ops stuff. So if your leave days are wrong, uh, people yes. are being paid incorrectly, nobody cares about your sexy talent management strategy. So uh, it's one of my gospel truths Yes. When I talk to other HR people is we need to, there's often this fight between the 
centers of excellence or the sexy stuff yeah. um, and operations and the basic things. And for me, I always say people look at it as HR as one unit. Um, and we need to realize that uh, we gain credibility yes. with the with those things. And then it opens up the opportunity yes. for people to look at you differently and trust Absolutely. you with bigger work. Uh, on a personal level, the gift of the National Treasury for myself is it was incredibly eye-opening. Um, as a South African, uh, I also got to work at the Treasury at the time we, uh, I got to work uh, under Minister Trevor Manuel and was also there during the transition to Praveen Godan. And I think as a citizen in the country, I think eye-opening in terms of really understanding what it takes to run the country. Mm. Uh, when you're at the Treasury, first of all, uh, incredible, incredible technocrats, people who are economists, that's really the core of the business there, putting together the budget. And it's across everything. You, you learn about infrastructure, about hospitals, about um, police, because every, the funding and everything to run the country actually resides that's there. Safe. And so you get to understand, of course, the national politics, but you also really appreciate what it takes to run the country. Yes. Um, and I also came across, again, it also broke my stereotypes and the connotations around public service. Uh, firstly, a lot of ex-private sector people, a lot of credible um, administrators and government who were just legitimate people who were, had masters and were professors who had studied all these different industries to come together to pull the economy. So, uh, yeah, I think really gratifying. Yes. Yeah, and and it it I it sounds like it did something to change your your views a bit about the public sector. As Definitely well. changed the views about the public sector, and it changed the views about myself as well mm. as a leader. Beautiful. Yeah. So you've come from that experience. You had the solid implementer experience from SAB Unilever. Mm. Now you have this growing and beautiful self-knowledge that not only can you implement, but you can create, mm. and, you, and you can fill that canvas quite beautifully. Yes. And then what happened next? And then what happened next? So during the uh, that period at the Treasury, I was, besides, I think, maybe trying to, um, like I was just talking about coming, in, on a personal level, coming out of a divorce, maybe mm. reinventing myself. It also coincided with my 10-year mark in the HR function. And I still felt like is this it? Um, do people really take HR seriously? Maybe if I do an MBA and I use that for a lateral move into an operational or a GM position, people will take me more seriously. So I was having an identity crisis from mm. a professional point of view, maybe even uh, personal. And so what I did, I did an MBA. It was mm. also a good distraction and a good way to get myself um, up again. And in that time, uh, an opportunity came just after I finished my MBA, actually, uh, the JSC was looking for head of HR, but then they specifically said with an MBA, and I thought, mm, okay, that's interesting. Packaged for you. Packaged for me, <laughs> you know, and I, and, and I was thinking, well, you know, the JSC, the pres it's a quite a prestigious organization. Yes. Um, this could be a great opportunity for me, and so that's what came next. Um, so I decided to come back into the private sector, but still sticking with financial services. Um, and that was also an incredible opportunity. Um, it was actually a lot more similar to the Treasury than mm. I even expected. Um, so some of the, even the same customers and a lot of the people in terms of stakeholders who I interacted with, um, of course, got to meet the C-suite of um, uh, South Africa in terms of financial services. I would even mm. say Africa because we worked with other stock exchanges. Um, so I learned a lot. Again, um, I think the other side from the private sector perspective in terms of the economy and how the country runs, 
uh, which was, I think, kind of consolidated my, you know, financial services perspective yes. and how the economy works. But I, I think as a professional, again, it was about setting up and professionalizing the HR function. So there was an HR team, but it was about taking it to the next level. Mm. So implementing talent management mm. processes, um, and I think also quite a a powerful experience in terms of further, I think, confirming also for myself and putting together all the knowledge that I'd gathered yes. um, over the years. So thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and then in 2015, there was a knock at my door. <laughs> um, oh, my phone, my inbox. Uh, but from Heineken, they were going through, or brand house as it existed in mm-hmm. that form, was going through a legal separation. Um, and that process was going to be managed uh, by the Competition Commission also because at the time I think AB InBev was buying SAB mm. uh, we were separating uh, Brandhaus and Diageo were separating so the liquor industry was just a mess uh, and so it was tightly managed by the Competition Commission to be able to make sure that nothing naughty happens mm. um, and it was an interesting time it remind why I came across I felt at the JC I was doing well but it was the Johannesburg Stock Exchange kind of like the top job yes. uh, there wasn't anywhere else to go um, and so I thought, well, um, I remember the pace and the excitement of FMCG from my Heineken and Unilever days. Um, it, I, I felt like I wasn't sure if there was going to be a challenge going forward mm-hmm. um, in financial services for me. Um, and yeah, and I jumped in. And I think it was a case of be careful what you wish for <laughs> <laughs> because it was really fast moving. I think um, What's been really unique and special about the Heineken experience is something I had not experienced before was being part of a startup. So in as much as Heineken globally is hundreds of years old, mm. um, the but Heineken SA as an yes. entity was new. We're to do basic things like register with the Department of Labor to submit an EE report, like things that you take for granted, yes. like everyone else does it, that you have to register, that you have to be known, create an identity, an employer brand, a lot of hygiene, a lot of basics mm. um, that we had to put in place. Uh, and of course, while at the same time recognizing that we're part of a bigger global organization, so also we needed to keep up with the talent processes yes. of the organization and be part of that. Um, and that's really what, particularly the last three years, um, have been Maybe about for myself. So what have you, if you look past uh, the past 19 years, um, you've got to be implementer, you've got to be creator, designer, you've got to um, work with big, uh, established, and in a sense, startup. So you've had actually almost the HR uh, um, practitioner's dream of having the whole yeah. um, board. What, what has stood out for you as being your most um, interesting or, or precious learning or being experience in the 19 years? Sure. They're quite a lot. So for me, if I were to maybe say touch points, mm. I think the one, like I've just mentioned, is for me definitely starting at Unilever. Why? Because in an organization which recognized the us as professionals across all the various... Um, recognizing us as professionals across the value chain. Mm. So supply chain people were as equal as HR people, whether you're a renewable generator or not. And I think that inspired a different confidence, which that never left me to Mm. say, this is what HR's role is here to contribute. We're not competing with the business. We're not trying to be a revenue generator, but we actually enable the revenue generators. Mm. And this is how we make this machine, this organization work. I've always taken that with me everywhere I go. 
The treasury, for the reason that I mentioned, I think it was a step change for me, definitely, to be able to say, can I conceptualize and actually frame, uh, whether it's a talent management framework, but also actually put together a talent management agenda. So I think it was about execution and strategy. Mm. Um, and the most recent experience being the startup. Yes. Yeah. So I always say, I don't know why I attract these messy roles. Like, what's wrong <laughs> with me? I, I really need to find a good and well-established organization. But that's boring. It is boring. As, <laughs> as practitioners, that's probably like the thing that we don't want. Yeah. And, and now you're moving on to this really interesting role, still within Heineken. Yeah. Um, and as, you, as I understood it when you explained it to me, it's kind of, um, well, first of all, it's Africa and the Middle East. Nice. And, and it's a span-breaking kind of role yeah so so what are your hopes and expectations for this role yeah i think one uh excited to be able to learn more about the ame region that i'm a mm. part of uh certainly hoping to contribute based on my experience as a professional or a practitioner um we our main particular is a growth point for and, Heineken. And AME is Africa, Middle East, it's, and Eastern Europe. Yes, okay. yeah. So it's Africa, Middle East, and Eastern Europe. Mm. Um, the Eastern Europe part here is a, it's a bit uh, different in that we actually have a Europe region. One yes. Because we've got four regions, Asia, Pacific, Europe, Americas, and AME. Uh, but we, we've got the Eastern Europe yes. portion, yeah. Uh, there's a bit of history to that. But yeah, yeah. Um, my hopes, uh, I think, of course, one, of course, to grow as a professional, to be able to contribute my knowledge. Uh, I think uh, Africa Middle East is also in an interesting time. Um, we, in terms of, for example, if you look at some of the free trade agreements that are happening across uh, different parts of the region, what does it translate to in terms of the business that we have? I'm looking forward to learning about talent and just experiencing a very different profile, I think, yes. of talent. Yes. Um, I already uh, know some of the challenges that I would hear from my colleagues when we would have HRD interactions um, and looking forward to see how we can raise the profile of Heineken in terms mm. of our employer brand and being able to attract the best talent. Mm. Mm. Jabula, thank you very much for this interview. Thank, thank you. you for the time. I look forward to um, talking again in a, in a few months, maybe, hearing how the story is unfolding in the Amer region mm. and hearing how your new adventure is, is, is opening up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank Thanks you. for talking with Talent Thanks so Talks much, today. Uh, thank you. Okay, so this was our interview with Njabula Mashigo. She is moving into a very interesting and exciting role, as she calls it Spanbreaker, but really it's a senior HR role, <laughs> looking after Africa and Middle East for HR, um, including talent. Um, and, and we wish her well thank in this you. new adventure. Thank you very thank much. You.